we discuss the future of independent business and community in Portland, Oregon. I'm Joy Church, your host. I'm the executive director of Venture Portland, who is the sponsor of this podcast. Today, we're lucky enough to have members of the Old Town Community Association with us. Helen Ying is here. She's the board president. And Jesse Burke is the owner of the Society Hotel. And she has been a member of several business district associations around the city and is currently a board member at large at OTCA. And OTC is Old Town Community Association. Thanks to you both for being here. We're excited to have you. This has been a very tumultuous time in our history and certainly in our business community. And Old Town has definitely been one of the associations that has faced a lot of challenges and hopefully that created opportunities uh, for your association. So Helen, can you tell us how things are going for Old Town Community Association, please? Well, yeah, Joy, thank you for having us. And, you know, we, like you said, we're in tumultuous times and we, are, you know, we have said that this is unprecedented. And so we as a community has come together and responded in an unprecedented way. And, um, you know, I, I could touch on several things. I, I, I wanted to find out, you know, what might be um, of most interest uh, to touch on first. I think that it'd be great to hear about some of the ways in which COVID-19 has really challenged Old Town and what the response has been. I know you're working with Prosper Portland and with Regional Arts and Cultures Council. Can you talk a little bit about that, Helen? Yeah, so, um, you know, with COVID, uh, when COVID hit back in March, um, you, uh, you know, the city had reached out and asked if we would be open to having an emergency outdoor shelter in our neighborhood. And we thought, yes, because even though for a long time we have fought the city for adding any more shelters to our neighborhood, we know during the pandemic, people who are uh, houseless, they need a place to shelter in place safely. So we responded with this, with the support. But unbeknownst to us that, um, you know, even with the shelter, uh, this emergency outdoor shelter being set up, that we would have over 200 campers camping on the streets of Old Town. And with that has created a situation which is both a crisis and an opportunity for us. We actually partnered with uh, Prosper Portland and formed uh, a response action team. And we started working, rolling up our sleeves back in May and have been, you know, doing advocacy with both city and county and have, you know, one of the things that is that bringing together, you know, business owners, like we have not seen them come together before. And um, it's just been, in fact, one of the things that our business access accessibility, so we have four work groups from this particular um, response action team. Um, one of them is the business accessibility um, work group. And then the other two, uh, three is um, alternative shelters and villages work group and um, ambassadorship work group and sanitation stations work group. So our business accessibility uh, work group actually started, um, you know, came up with an idea of a GoFundMe campaign. And um, so we we finally launched this campaign. It's, it is to really help uh, to fund three things. One is to um, fund an ambassadorship program, which will help connect us 
the community to those um, houseless members that are on the street so that we have a way of just understanding, you know, where where their needs are and that we could also figure out how we could help them, right? In the same way they know uh, what our needs are, they could figure out how to help us. So building relationships. And um, and so, so that's one of the things that this uh, OASIS, which stands for Old Town Safe Sleep Initiative, is going to fund. And another one is to fund relocation. So if people said, yes, we do want to relocate and, we, and with it, we're working um, to find places to relocate them to, then we could provide assistance actually to help them relocate. And the third thing that this um, fund will, will help is at sanitation stations to our neighborhood. So that's one example of how, um, you know, COVID has hit us and how we have responded. Uh, you know, we, one of the things I want to say, Joy, we've been reaching out to the city um, and the county, and I actually did hear back today from uh, Kristen, um, the mayor's uh, chief of staff. With some good news, and she, you know, I, I will, I can't tell, you know, you all the things that they said right now, but in two weeks, you know, we should see some action. Is what she told me. <laughs> so, Congratulations, that's great, yeah. that's great. Uh, that takes advocacy. Congratulations on that. And with the GoFundMe account, so I just want to make sure listeners are aware they can um, find the GoFundMe. It's at Oasis, and it is as Helen mentioned, the Old Town Alternative Safe Sleep Initiative. And this is really a humanitarian crisis that's happening in Old Town um, and throughout our city, but Old Town in particular, where uh, it's projected that there are 360 unsheltered people living in Old Town at this point. And um, sadly, there's only one partial shower and three toilets. So um, these are, this is an incredibly important initiative. So for for listeners who have some funds to donate and support, this is a really, really um, optimal way to use your money to um, help unsheltered neighbors in Portland. So I'm really thankful that you put this together and I hope that it goes well for you. And listeners, please do go to the GoFundMe account and take a look at that. And I wanna make sure that we loop Jessie in while we have her. Um, the connection's been a little tough. So listeners, what we do here is we do this at, via a Zoom meeting and then we record it. So if things cut in and out, that may be why, is um, because we're doing this via Zoom as our COVID life continues. So Jesse, how are things going for you with the Society Hotel downtown? What does it look like? Um, well, we actually closed our doors uh, in March um, and we only just reopened July 24th. Um, so we didn't have the, you know, we're, our Portland location is completely reliant on tourism and our property in the gorge is reliant on locals wanting to escape Portland. So when tourism isn't allowed, um, you don't have any customers. Um, so we closed in March. Um, we reopened July 24th and it's been a lot like reopening the business from the beginning. Um, not so much putting in the new protocols, just kind of trying to figure out how you how you let people know that you're open um, while being sensitive to what's going on in the world um, and letting people know that it's okay if they don't come. And if they do come, these are all the things that um, we've put in place to make people feel safe. Um, but, you know, it's old town is always, we've been there. Um, we've been open for five years. We've owned the, owned the building for seven. Um, and old town has always been a hard neighborhood. Like most of our negative reviews 
speak to the neighborhood. Um, and which is hard because that's not the experience we were providing. <laughs> um, but I would say it's always been hard. It's a little harder right now. Um, and part of that is because no one's working downtown. So you need, you need a certain amount of foot traffic for people to feel like it's, I, I, I don't know if it's appropriate to refer to Old Town as this, but we've been back um, and in the building for a couple of months now, um, just preparing. And I was like, this has become the neighborhood of no consequences. Like that's, that's what it feels like uh, at certain times. And, and it's hard because you're like, how am I going to sell this to people? This is my livelihood and I don't know how to sell this. Um, so, so Jesse, when you say that this feeling of it's a neighborhood of no consequences, can you share with listeners a little bit more about that? Who may not, may have, they haven't been to Old Town recently. You know, what does that mean for you? It's, you know, uh, one homeless woman who, uh, who is severely mentally ill um, and she defecates on our doorstep every single day, multiple times a day. And we call Clean and Safe, and which is our own little private micro cleanup crew and security. And they were like, you know, it's not in our contract to clean up feces, but they do it anyway because they know what are we going to do, <laughs> you know? And so I was like, oh my God, what does your contract even look like? What a crazy world where we're like, sorry, feces isn't in my contract. <laughs> um, that, you know, there's a woman the, the other night I had, or the other day we had someone putting in new flooring because um, there was some issues behind the cafe and uh, and a woman was just walking naked down the street, like pulling her sleeping bag and screaming at people, um, like totally naked. Um, that there was the people that were installing the flooring, they had their child with them. And this woman walked up and was shooting up while she was walking. And I was like, hey, can you not do that here? She was like, sure, sure. And she just started doing it walking. Like she was attempting to find a vein while walking. And I was like, I got kids in here. Can you just not do? And then she started screaming at me. <laughs> and so it's just chaos. And like, there are only so many clean and safe officers. I mean, they like set up shop at our hotel, <laughs> you know, like they're sitting in there. Um, but the police drive by because there's nothing to be done. Like, where would anyone go? You, there's, there's such a, so many layers of things that need to be fixed that it's like, you can't take anyone that's mentally ill anywhere because there's nowhere to take anybody and, and the rules to take people places. And there's nowhere to take anyone that's shooting up outside because it's not that severe of an, of a, crime to take someone to jail but how do you get people to not do it just walking down the street and so it's like I I don't know all of these answers but it's really made things incredibly complicated for a neighborhood like ours and a business like ours where you're trying to encourage people to like enjoy this beautiful city and like all these unique things that we do and it's like also like if you can even get out the door without like seeing some things that like you don't expect that that would happen anywhere um that that maybe you know society has evolved to a point that like we know how to take care of our own enough that this doesn't happen but we we don't seem to be able to manage multiple issues at once 
we can only deal with one crisis at a time, it seems. Right. Well, Jesse, I really appreciate your candor and giving the very, you know, vivid description of what truly is happening for you and your business. Um, you know, it's like, whoo, it's breathtaking. So, but I really appreciate that. And so in thinking about your business in reopening in late July, what did that look like in determining when and how and if you were going to open? Yeah, um, the determination was mostly dictated by our debt. <laughs> um, you know, we we renovated these buildings. Um, each location has the Portland location. We um, we bought for seemingly a good price, but you know, then you, it was abandoned since World War II. So we put about three and a half million dollars into it. So we have that much debt, and it's twenty five thousand dollars a month. Um, that they've deferred for six months, which was, you know, really helpful. But eventually, we're going to have to start paying that $25,000 a month. So the determining factor was like, we have to see if this is possible. I, I mean, it's like, it's like running a business in general, right? You have no idea if it's going to work. You just put it in your business plan, you hypothesize that this is a good idea, that there's a gap in the market, and you just close your eyes and jump. That's what that was the determining factor. <laughs> made it feel like it was starting all over again. Was like we have this is totally uncharted territory. We have no idea. Right, you're like our business plan is not the same anymore. <laughs> I mean, we just like burned it. We're like, let's start over. <laughs> right. So. Yes. Yes. Well, I so again really appreciate your honesty and and talking about these, some of these challenges that you're you know daily facing. Um, and so Helen, you had talked a little bit about, you know, some of these things being um, optimistically opportunities. And one of the things that sounds like that's been really interesting that's attracting people to Old Town is all of this incredible art. Can you talk a little bit about that, Helen? Of course. And, and um, you, you know, er, earlier, I think before we actually started this uh, recording, we had talked about, um, you know, what about the protests that, right, that's been going on. And, and with, you know, the protests, there have been a lot of um, graffiti and so forth. And, and then, you know, that um, many artists has come out, you know, to help paint murals on, on over the, you know, the graffiti and, and so forth. And, and, and we, our community development director, Dan Klinkert, actually took the lead and helping to organize um, the artists. And there's one particular project I just want to highlight is on Davis um, between third and fourth. And um, he uh, really kind of like brought this building that's kind of like sitting there dilapidated <laughs> back to life. Uh, it's the House of Louis. And so I would encourage everyone to come down and take a look uh, at the beautiful art that's there, and there's going to be another mural that's going to go up. Um, is uh, organized by a group of artists uh, led by Alex Chu, and uh, he and uh, Lena um, Lewis are working together. Lena is black, uh, actually multiracial, and Alex is uh, Chinese American, and I think they have other uh, artists coming together. They're going to paint a mural um, that has a theme of Asian and black solidarity um, as, as the message. So it's really cool, um, all of these things happening, and, and um, we also have outdoor retail uh, strategy happening uh, on the festival street. So in spite of the challenges, you know, uh, the community is coming together 
together to do all that we can. Like what Jesse, you know, said, it's been hard. It is still hard. It's even harder. But I just got, you know, put my hat off, um, take my hat off, and uh, you know, to all of our community members, the business owners, property owners, residents, uh, house and unhouse, you know, just for the resiliency that's um, that's being exhibited um, going through this pandemic together. And I know, I just know in my gut, we will come out better. That is, that is what we're working toward. And I just want to also mention, um, you, you know, Lansu Chinese Garden, um, Joy, it, it's looking better than ever because during the closure time, the staff uh, actually took time to do everything they haven't been able to do when their visitors are around, right? And so if people have not visited a Lansu Chinese Garden, I highly, highly encourage, you know, uh, it, right now is time entry. Uh, so, you know, you have to make an appointment to come. So come. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I have not been to Lansu Chinese Gardens in a while, but I've been viewing images and um, their social media, and it does really look extremely beautiful. I guess, you know, it's a one of these things like, hey, pollution had gone down, right, because people weren't driving as much. I think it's the mm -hmm. same thing for the gardens where they were able to like really do some incredible work there. So now is a great time now that they are doing timed entry to go yeah. and take it. Um, so Helen, you mentioned the some of the other uh, retail activities going on, and so people can access that through going through the OTCA website. How can people find out what's happening with the Saturday market, the outdoor retail on Davis, that sort of thing? Yeah. So uh, yes. So Saturday market is back online. Uh, they're opening on Saturdays only. So please come. Um, they also have, you know, sort of distancing, they, everything is set up so that it is, you know, um, uh, CDC in compliance, CDC guidelines. And, and then on top of the Saturday market in this, um, look, you know, the, the typical location. So, uh, our community development director also extends, you know, added an, another component with, um, other outdoor, uh, retail vendors and that's on Davis. Uh, between third and fourth. Oh, actually, it's actually between third and fifth now because he extended it. And um, and come in and and see these you know vendors that you don't typically see on the streets. And I heard that last uh, Saturday they had a really good turnout. And um, it that is happening every other Saturday. So so it won't be the 29th, but it will happen the week, the Saturday after. Uh, I would encourage people to sign up for a newsletter, you know, and uh, like us on Facebook. That's where uh, we're you know advertising or promoting these events. Perfect. That seems very wise. Get on their newsletter now, everybody. <laughs> um, so Jesse. You had been on the board at OTCA previously in 2013 or so, and then have circled back. Now you found all this extra time in your schedule to do that. And so what is the value for you personally to be a part of the this association? That's a good question. Um, I think that for me, I feel a lot of responsibility to, um, there aren't a lot of business, like small business owners on the board. Um, and I think that it's important for me to feel like that voice is um, shared 
Um, and sometimes there's representation of small business owners, but not actually the small business owner. Um, and that the really making sure and kind of pushing through, um, cause you know, you, you need to have some sort of official entity as your platform, um, to strengthen your, your case. <laughs> um, and I've, I've done it before to like use uh, business associations or community associations to like help push through important policies. And so I see that again, I mean, we're in crisis. So like, I was like, I have to do it, that I have to join this association because, because we've kind of always been in not a great spot in old town. And we were like, just coming through to the other side, it felt like. Um, and then this hit, um, and, and it kind of tumbled. I mean, at least I don't know what's actually happening with the board all the time. Like, that's probably not the feeling, <laughs> but like, at least as a business owner where I was like, oh my God, like we have no way to move forward that like a lot of our little businesses are closing or moving to other neighborhoods. Um, and they were businesses that I was relying on to kind of like keep this momentum of the neighborhood going. They were businesses that I encouraged people to visit to make our neighborhood seem enticing. Um, and so it's felt even more important. I also think there are a lot of properties owned by marginalized communities in Old Town. And there's, <laughs> this is, a it's a rabbit hole we won't go down but there's a uh um it's a designated historic district and <laughs> i've told city council this because it drives me crazy usually in neighborhoods you ha everyone like makes it cute and then they lay historic on top of it so that people can't change it they didn't do that in old town and it adds a layer of complication to try and restore anything you also have a lot of properties owned by first generation immigrants into like just two doors down from us. And I asked them, I was like, do you guys want some help developing this? Cause it's been sitting for several years. And they said, we tried, we went to the city and they said that we couldn't do anything that we wanted to do. And they showed me their plans. And I was like, you can do this. And they said, they told us we couldn't. And I know from development experience, that's kind of their MO is they always start with no but I said, you know, unhelpfulness is a form of racism. And I was like, let us help you. I was like, we'll stand between you and we'll take the hits and we'll throw the punches that we will essentially be your white translators to the city. But that that's another major issue that we deal with in Old Town. And it's complicated and it's invisible, <laughs> but it also contributes to the blight. And I've told the city, like, we need to work on our ratios of people that walk down the street because there, there's almost nobody that lives there. <laughs> there's, there are people that live there, but relative to that, that amount of, uh, say, square mileage, there's not a very large residential population. There's an even smaller market rate residential population. And there are very few offices. And there are even fewer retail shops. So it's like you have no diversity of foot traffic. And that's the stuff that, as you know, in your <laughs> industry of Hunter Portland, that's the stuff that makes and breaks neighborhoods, right? Like 
don't put office in ground floor retail. That's a big deal. And people don't talk about that here, but that's the stuff that's happening or not happening, helping people develop their properties when it's complicated. And I asked them to maybe consider removing temporarily the historic designation so people could fix the buildings and then lay it back down. <laughs> or like, I was like, anything really, like throw me a bone here. Because <laughs> it's, it's really hard to get anything done. Um, so, you know, the last, the last business to use Prosper Portland's TIF money, there's, is it $56 million, Helen, that's dedicated to Old Town? I think it's like 57 and um, we've used maybe three or something like that. And so we have um, we um, re-engaged, right, the city to extend the five-year action plan. And so the money is still ours. So right. we have another five years. <laughs> right. Which is great. Do you know who the last business was to use that? The Society Hotel seven years ago. Yeah. So <laughs> I don't know if you have been following, but we have been approaching, you know, how, how Prosper is um, uh, working with this particular fund. Uh, and so we are, we are, I think we're in a different space now um, with Prosper. And so, uh, so we, we will see that funding spent um, before the five year is up. Just see, there, there are projects, that, you know, uh, funding's already designated for certain development projects in, in Old Town. That is great to hear. Yeah. And I, but I, I think that, you know, the, the overarching piece, Jesse, uh, you know, too, is constant advocacy. You know, people talk about advocacy in theory a lot. Like, oh, it's important to be an advocate, but it's really boots on the ground advocacy with your neighbors. And, it, you know, really the snowball effect of helping each other and trying to help one another, well, what are your barriers? Well, maybe I can help you remove some barriers. But, you know, Jesse, to your point with your own business, having a hotel, I can uh, really um, imagine and, you know, see this idea that of course you need your coffee shops and your restaurants and other things to engage potential guests to come, right? So when those fall away and you're standing alone, well, that's not enough, right? It really does take these neighborhood business districts to pull together and advocate for one another because one standalone won't stand, right? So it takes like, keeping, trying to keep everybody, um, you know, in the kind of this tight circle, which can be difficult on a good day, but very difficult in the midst of COVID and protests and all of these other things that are going on because it's hard to, you know, you can't just, walk over to your neighbor when they're open and talk to them because where maybe they're not open, they're not answering their phone, right? They're not updating their social media. So how do you connect with them? So this is even more important than ever. You know, like we talk about Adventure Portland sometimes with, with Portland, you know, we don't have a Golden Gate Bridge, right? We don't have a Space Needle. Those are not the things that drive people to come and visit, right? It really is our, our neighborhoods. And that's the interesting piece that Portland has that brings people here. So keeping those alive or bringing them back up so that people want to come back and bring their tourism dollars is vital to our economy. Um, so I wanted to make sure, Helen, that people understand that the GoFundMe continues. Yes, for yes, the our goal, right. For so people. Sorry, uh, Joy. 
No, not at all. And so that is an ongoing GoFundMe that people should definitely look into. They should sign up for your newsletter. And so Jesse, for people that live in Portland right now that maybe are not gonna go stay at a hotel in Portland, can they come and visit you in some way at the Society Hotel? Yeah, our coffee shop and bar is open. Um, and we have a rooftop deck there as well for cafe guests. Um, but we also have our location in the gorge that most Portlanders go to. <laughs> it's right, an hour away. That's where we're yeah. all heading at this point. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Helen, are, are there any last words that you'd like to share with listeners today? Yes. Uh, well, Joy, I, I you know, really just want to um, make a pitch for O-Town that in spite of all of the challenges, we have lots of gems um, in O-Town that we would love for people to come and, um, you know, visit, uh, you know, all the different entities like, um, you know, the Lansu Chinese Garden, the um, Saturday Market, and, and, you know, the south side of Burnside is also Old Town. So we have like uh, Voodoo Donuts, right? There's a lot of things going on in the neighborhood. The murals we talked about. So come and, um, and, and enjoy the neighborhood. Thank you so much. Jesse, any last words from you today? Mm, I don't think so. <laughs> You've said it all. I appreciate you both so much. And listeners, again, thank you so much for listening to the Small Business Portland podcast. It's hosted by me, Joy Church, and produced by my colleagues, Jacob Falkenberg and Dane Fredericks. You can connect with us on Instagram at Venture Portland, and please visit VenturePortland.org for news on trainings and events. And don't forget to buy local and support small business because small businesses build strong neighborhoods. Thanks to everybody. Thanks, listeners. Thanks, Helen. Thanks, Jesse. Take good care.